Okay, good morning everybody and welcome to the second in the equipping uh, youth leaders stream. I hope that's what you're here for. Um, if not, then you probably need to leave now sneakily. Um, just good morning, everyone. Um, welcome back to those of you who were here yesterday. It's lovely to see you back again. And welcome if you are um, here for the first time. Um, my name is Bex um, and this over here is Wayne and we are, ho- that one. Um, and we are hosting um, this seminar stream together. Um, we just want to say a massive welcome to you guys. We hope that you'll find it useful, not only what we say, but an opportunity just to be away from your young people for a little bit and also um, to enjoy a chance to network with each other. Um, so thank you so much for coming back. Like we said, um, we're doing this stream because we really, really think it's essential um, to equip you guys to do a great job in leading your youth works. Um, we're gathered together. There's an opportunity for you just to take some time out and to um, get an opportunity to kind of focus on um, how you can be an even more amazing youth leaders because I'm sure you're all outstanding already. Um, we are really, really for, so both Wayne and myself are massively um, passionate about raising up the next generation of young men and young women. We want to equip our youth leaders on site. We want to enable you guys to serve your young people and your youth teams really, really well. Um, and we want you to get kind of the best training and teaching you possibly can. So we've got some incredible speakers today for you. Um, if you were here yesterday, then um, we talked about centre parks. So this um, seminar streams really come out of the Youth Workers Conference that we run every year. If you haven't been before, um, it's well worth coming to. We go to Sherwood. Are we going back to Sherwood? We're going to Sherwood Forest. Um, centre parks from the 20th of January until the 22nd of January 2017. Um, there's information will be on the New Day website and it is well worth coming to. And um, We've already lined up loads of amazing speakers. So the themes this year is going to be discipleship and also mental health issues. Um, so it's going to be a great time together. Um, in a minute, I'm going to introduce um, Wayne and Ali who are going to speak to us this morning. Um, but as we were uh, praying just before you guys came in, there was a sense of... Um, God just wanting to say that like the pressure's off you guys as youth leaders as you kind of look to him because he's going to sustain you and give you all you need. So even in the hard times, so my youth were quite difficult last night and I need to remember the pressure's off me. I don't need to perform because I just need to look to God and just felt like some of you guys might need to hear that this morning. So remember the pressure's off and we just need to look to, to Jesus. So this morning we are going to talk about um, what leadership looks like in um, youth context and we have, I've got the privilege of introducing two of my favourite people. So we have Wayne Parsons, are you coming first? Wayne, he's going to speak first, and also the lovely um, Ali Williams. They'll probably tell you a bit more about themselves, but they're um, amazing youth leaders. They're incredible friends. They're both inspiring, and I know they're going to do an amazing job for you this morning. So, Wayne Parsons, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Becky. Hey, guys. Good to uh, be here with you this morning and uh, speaking on this subject. Lot to uh, to live up to now, so uh, hopefully I'll be able to to de- deliver something um, well that will challenge you, inspire you, and encourage you in the role that you're doing. Myself and Ali, we're going to kind of tag team uh, the talk this morning. Uh, we'll start off just showing a little bit of our story of how we got into leading and leading young people. Then, uh, then we'd like to look at eight 
kind of top tips that we think are important within a, a youth leadership context. They're not in a kind of order of prefer, um, priority, um, but they're just eight things that we think are significant and, uh, and important. And then if there's time at the end, we will either take some questions or we'll have a bit of time just to pray together. So, so I hope, uh, hope that will be fruitful for you and a blessing to you. So um, I've worked now with young people for 18 years, which uh, is half my life which all my days is, is just a crazy thought. Um, I got saved at 18, and um, I knew straight off that I was called to work with young people. I know some of you might be sitting there saying, well, I'm, I'm kind of doing youth work because I was asked to do it. Others of you might be sitting there going, I just know I'm called to work with young people. Pretty much as soon as I got saved, I just, just had a heart for, um, for, for, for young people and for seeing young people come into all that God um, had for them. I actually... From the moment I got saved, I, I knew I wanted other people to encounter God. I, I encountered God quite powerfully um, at 18 to a point where my whole life just turned around and um, had quite a, a, um, a broken um, uh, uh, upbringing. And um, as a teenager, I'd walked down a lot of paths that hadn't done me any good. I was very rebellious and, um, and got into a lot of stuff that just wasn't that good for me. And I actually was in a very kind of desperate place. Um, at 18 and then suddenly I encountered Jesus I met with him and uh, and just I was blown away and my whole life just went on a on a new course and um, and I think from that point I just had this kind of growing desire to to work with young people to help young people get to know Jesus and to help young people not walk down some of the paths that I'd walked down or if they were walking down those paths to to know that God loved them that God was there for them and they could encounter um, Jesus wherever they were at and that's kind of always continued that's always been there and um, that kind of continues to to grow in um, grow inside me as I look to God and as I serve uh, young people didn't come from a church background and um, I was pretty clueless to a lot of stuff when I first got saved. So uh, quite soon on in my Christian faith, I went on a year out with my church. I did uh, the kind of uh, typical New Frontiers um, uh, Frontier Year project, which uh, is, is changed its name, but it's still going if you're in a New Frontiers setting. And it uh, was just a great course. It was a course that laid a lot of um, theology, um, uh, 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 yeah, just a logical framework within my life and my understanding. But it also gave me a real opportunity to grow and learn about youth work. So I, um, I signed up to do a project uh, focusing on working with young people. And I had a brilliant mentor, actually, that year, a lady called Mel Crane, who, um, who just, she, she had a heart for young people, but she, she had a heart for, um, for, for bringing through leaders. And she just installed um, some great stuff within me, gave me loads of opp- opportunity just to, to try stuff. And even when I kind of made a big mess up of it, she was just kind of there championing me and encouraging me and, and kind of helping me to kind of understand where I'd gone wrong and, and, and go forward. And, and it's really important actually to have, if you're growing in leadership, people that will champion you, people that have got faith for you, people that will kind of encourage you um, on your journey into that. And she very much did that for me. After that year, um, I was asked to move to a place called Luton to, um, to set up a youth work in a church plant. Um, I moved to Luton. I had one young person. I was like, right, what are we going to do? And just prayed like mad that God would kind of add to, um, to, to that one young person. And we saw a, a youth group kind of established and God do some great stuff. And I was in Luton for, for about 12 years. I did the kind of 
typical um, standard progression that some people go through um, in, in youth work and church kind of leadership, where you start off leading young people, and I felt called to that. But then kind of as the years went on, I thought, oh, I'm getting older now. I've got to start doing other stuff. And um, so I passed over the youth work that I was leading, started overseeing kind of youth work and kids work. I worked for, for the church in Luton. And uh, then I started kind of doing other areas of leadership in the church and uh, became one of the elders and started kind of preaching and, and, uh, and uh, doing more pastoral work within the church. To the point where um, my church leader at the time said, right, I think we need to now kind of look for you to go on and lead your own church, maybe like set up a church or, or take on the church um, in Luton. And um, I got to the stage where I was like, right, okay, is this, is this what, what I'm supposed to be doing, um, God? And, um, and I had a, a kind of season with God where I really started to question what was I called to and what did God have for me? And I realized that actually I wasn't called to be a church leader, that what, what really kind of got me going and what I was passionate about was young people. And, um, and that I was called to work and to serve um, the younger generation. So, so I came to a place where I said, actually, I don't feel like church leadership is for me. I don't feel like that's what I feel called to, and I feel called to work with young people. So I actually I stopped working for the church for a season, went and worked for a youth charity for a few years, um, and uh, learned loads in a kind of secular setting. And then I was asked to move down to Southampton to uh, be the youth pastor at uh, uh, KCC in uh, Hedge End, which is where I'm currently at. And uh, loving working with young people there and uh, loving continually to grow in leadership and uh, very much feel that this is what God's got for me to, uh, to work and to, to serve young people. Ali. Hi, um, as these guys said, my name's Ali. Um, I have the privilege of working alongside Wayne at KCC in Southampton. Um, I'm 24 and I've been married for just under two years to Tom, but I don't think he's even here. I was like, is he here? But he's probably with the crazy young people. Um, so my story into leadership is very different to Wayne's, but what I love is that God uh, takes us on different journeys um, into our giftings, and um, he uses our journeys for, to help others in their walk with God as well. So um, I've been working with young people for about six years, so since I was 18 really. Um, I've always been part of KCC in Southampton and um, I came from the youth work into leadership. I did um, FP gap year. You don't have to do FP to be a youth leader. Um, But I did. That's the way God um, took me. But before that, um, I always wanted to be a nurse. And I even from when I was a little girl, I always thought that's what God wanted me to do, to be a nurse. And I love caring for people and looking after people. And it was actually at New Day where God really grabbed hold of me um, when I was 18. And that summer I was due to go and do a degree in nursing. And um, my path, God completely completely changed it and I actually ended up doing a gap year for the church and now I'm still at the church working full time. Um, So I work uh, two days for the youth work at the church and concentrating on our outreach project called Eden which is a Friday night event and also helping with the pastoral stuff with the girls and doing anything else that Wayne gets me to do and organizing things Um, and I also do the other three days doing admin um, for the general work of the church and rotors and events and again anything else that I get thrown um, at on my desk so it's a lot of fun and a lot of um, busy stuff but I, I love I just I'm really passionate about young people and um like I said, God really spoke to me clearly, and um, I, it, wouldn't, it wasn't like, oh, you're going to w- be a youth leader, but that's a journey God's taken me on. And um, by God's grace, I have been a Christian all my life. I've been brought up in an amazing Christian family. And through my teenage years, um, I was a, 
I was a normal teenager, did silly things, but I'd never walked away from God, which I'm so thankful for. And um, because of that, God has given me a passion, not only to see um, people, young people saved who don't know Jesus, but also to see those that are brought up in a Christian family who find it hard to kind of engage in God because they feel like they've been, it's been shoved down their throats. Whatever they say, actually those people who have been Christians all their lives, to see them walk through their teenage years knowing and loving God, um, to actually to realise that being a teenager, you can be a Christian and have fun being a teenager at the same time. They're not two separate, thing, separate things. So that's one of the things I'm um, really, really passionate about. But the funny thing is, if you would tell me you're going to be a leader, I probably would have laughed in your face um, like four years ago. And even now, and I'm like, oh, am I really a leader? But actually, as we're going to explore these eight principles today, that actually being a leader is, um, we're all different. So everyone in this room, no one's going to be the same as each other. And that's, again, what I love about God. He uses us. We're all different. We're all made in his image, but he uses us into different journeys. And I, th- the reason I found it so hard when someone says, oh, I think you might be a leader, is because immediately my brain went to a leader is someone that brings vision, someone who brings, takes a load of people with them, and develops people and that just wasn't my gifting and I thought well, how can I be a leader if that's not me but actually a leader as we again will discover today is someone who follows God with all their heart who loves him and devotes their life to him and then other people will see you doing that see you living that integral life with Jesus and like, oh, there's something in that person I want to follow so don't be fooled in thinking or don't if you're, that's you and you're sat there like but I've come to a seminar and I'm not even sure I would class myself as a leader A leader isn't necessarily someone who brings vision. Yes, we need those leaders, but also a leader is just someone who loves Jesus and other people see that in you and they follow you. So Wayne's going to kickstart the principles. That's great. Cheers, Ali. Okay, so we've got eight eight points that we want to go through. The first point that um, we want to put out to you is that young people need positive role models. Our first point really is that young people need you. They need youth leaders that will support, encourage, and lead them into all that God has for them. I was uh, looking at a um, a national kind of website on youth statistics um, as I was preparing this. And uh, currently in our nation, uh, at the moment, it says that over 62,000 young people have been diagnosed currently that they're suffering with depression. One in two, uh, sorry, one in 12 uh, young people are self-harming at the moment. And 195,000 young people have been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Young people are broken. Young people are desperate. Young people are in need. The the statistics are out there. And these just represent those that are known about. In today's society, we have so much ungodly example all, all around us. Young people are growing up in a world where there's just so many different voices kind of bombarding them with stuff of how they should be, how they should be living, what they should be doing. And so much of it is garbage. So much of it is utter rubbish. So much of it you just think, no, that's not how you should be living. That's not what you should be giving yourselves to. That's not, they're, they're not the paths that you should be going down. Currently, at the moment, in, uh, in Hedge End, and uh, excuse me if you've got children in the, in the room, I can't see any, but you might just want to kind of cover their ears for a moment. Currently in Hedge End, which is a really nice middle-class kind of area, um, a place where every, everything seems like it's kind of got its, got its stuff together, um, sadly, the expectation, this is what we were told, this is what we discovered in the school that we work in, suddenly the expectation for a, a teenage girl 
um, in year seven is that she would be groped by a boy. This is kind of standard expectations of just kind of running through um, the year group. Year seven, she'd be groped. Year eight, that she'd be penetrated with a finger. And year nine, she'd have had sex. That is the standard kind of culture that, that we're kind of ministering into with the young people that we work with. The, the girls that, that to look at look so young and so innocent, they are in a world that's saying, actually, this is what you need to be, be doing by the end of this, um, this academic year in your life. The young people are receiving garbage all the time. Young people need people they can trust and they can look up to that they can look up to to give them example of something different. People like you that would bring a different voice into their life, that would show them a different lifestyle, a different way of living, a different way of being, a different way of valuing themselves, of standing up for themselves, of, of, of what to go for, that would bring honor and dignity to who they are. They need people like you that would set a positive role model for them. They need people like you that would love God, that would love them, and that would pursue something of godly character, that would commit to them, that would give them time and be available to them so that they can see something different, so they can live for something different, so they can be inspired for something different. So youth leadership can be a massive challenge at times, and uh, I'm sure many of you that work with young people will know some of the challenges. Maybe even this week you're facing some of those challenges. But it's a huge privilege that we have in shaping the next generation for Jesus. See, we can play a significant role in impacting them so they live a different life to the life that the world is putting on them and expecting of them. So my first question I suppose to you is, are you a positive role model? Are you one of those people that are talking a different talk and living a different walk, that are walking a different walk? How are you doing with your number one calling that Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind? If you're pursuing this, then I would say you're setting yourself up to be a great role model to be working with young people. And young people need people like that. The second one is lead yourself before you lead others. And that just links really nicely for what Wayne was saying, that we need to be leaders who are loving God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And I don't know about you, but when you hear the word leader or leadership, what do you think of? Do you think, oh, they're going to stand up and say to me how to be a good leader and immediately you feel pressure or I've got to be this person that I'm not? Being a leader... And being a better leader is those who lead yourself well in God first and foremost. If you want to be a good youth leader, you need to be someone who is loving God and leading yourself well with him. You need to allow God to take you on your own journey. Don't try to look at other people and think, I want to be like them. Let God allow him to work in your heart. And don't try to be someone you're not. Don't try to be a youth leader that you're not. I love what Bill Hybels says in his book, Courageous Leadership. Who's read Courageous Leadership by Bill Hybels? Be hand up. If you haven't, I want to really, really encourage you to go. I don't know if you know if it's in the bookshop, but if it is, go and buy it in the bookshop. If it's not, go and buy it when you get home and read it. So it's by Bill Hybels called Courageous Leadership. And he says in his book that the biggest challenge to leadership is you. The biggest challenge to leadership is you. And I know for me that I'm definitely my biggest challenge and hindrance to the way I lead. 
And there's loads of things that we could touch on this. We could talk about this in ages. How do we lead ourselves well? My main top tip to you is when you're tired, when you've got crazy young people, especially this week, is you need to check yourself yourself and say, am I loving God this week? Is he my number one thing in my heart? Like Simon Braden was talking about on the first night. Is Jesus the number one thing? Is it him that I'm adoring? Is it him that I'm doing this for? Or am I doing it for my own recognition? A few questions that we can ask ourselves just to check ourselves on this is, who are you accountable to? Are you getting time with Jesus? What is challenging you and God at the moment? Are you getting times with friends and family? And that's really important to get time, quality, quality time with friends and family. How is your work-life balance? And being a youth leader, that is challenging, especially if you work full-time and you've got evenings, three evenings out a week and you're running a family and a household and it's all a bit crazy. How is that balance in your life? And are you connecting with any non-believers outside of a youth setting? Are you connecting with people in your own age that are out there who don't know Jesus? Maybe that's through a club or maybe it's going to the gym and seeing people or just a social event. Are you getting time with people that don't know Jesus? And I'm sure many of you um, will do discipleship with young people. We need to be those that are integral. If we're sitting there with our young people and saying all these questions to them, are you getting accountable? Are you having a good work-life balance? Are you, how's your time with Jesus? And we're sat there the other end thinking oh, it's all a bit of a mess in my life, then we need to be integral. And that's not to say that we, we're going to have it all together because there's sometimes that we don't have it all together. But it's actually being those people who say to our young people, actually, I'm finding this really difficult at the moment. Let's share some ideas on this. And just to share some personal stuff that the way I lead myself, and I'm not perfect at all, and I do find this a challenge, but one of the things that I do is um, I do find it hard just to engage in the Bible and sit there and read the Bible. So I, I have a half an hour walk to work because my husband stole my car. When you get married, he steals your things. So I don't have a car. So I walk to work. There he is. He's walking in now. <laughs> so you stole my car. Um, so I walk to work, which I do love. Um, and when I walk to work, because I'm... I, like my brain is very active and I'm quite an organized person so to actually get some downtime and concentrate I'll put a seminar in or some worship music and as I'm walking to work for half an hour I'll just be praying to God for the day and giving over to him um, I also like to keep a journal so if I am um, reading scripture I like to write things down rather than just reading the bible um, we keep accountable to a, a really good couple in our church but I also will meet one-to-one with her, um, his wife as well just to challenge me to ask me those questions or to just to download on like it's been a crazy week or a crazy month and I'm just it's got someone just to download all the information to and to get her to pray with me and there's I make sure there's people in my life who are outside of the church setting who don't go to the same church so my sister um she lives in London and she we're really really close so there'd be often every week I'll be giving her a phone call just to say to her can you pray for me on this there's this issue going on at work or I'm really struggling with my walk with God can you pray with me so we need to make sure that we're putting things in our life that we can make sure that we are leading ourselves well in well in God so that we can lead each other as well in God the young people that we're serving we need to make sure we are right with God so that we can lead them and be integral youth leaders okay our third one is that a leader is someone that people follow if uh, if people are following you then you're a leader if if you're going somewhere and people are going with you then that that kind of makes you a leader you're you're taking people to somewhere um you might be taking people to a good place or you might be taking to a bad place but if people are following you then you are leading so i just want to break this down into three parts my first part is if you want to lead then you have um you've got to be worth following 
My second one is leadership is about taking people from A to B. And my third one is our leadership will always reflect us as people. So firstly, my first one, if we want to uh, lead, then we've got to be worth following. For, for me, um, I work a lot on, on my character. And my wife would say there's a lot that needs working on. But, um, but she also says there's a lot of good stuff as well. So she is here. And um, personally, I want to identify... What are the, what's sin in my life? What, what's the stuff that's not honoring God? What's the stuff that's not good? What's the areas of my life where, where actually my character just isn't bringing glory to God? Isn't something that actually I would want anyone to follow me in? I want to know what doesn't glorify God and I want to deal with it in my life. Are you kind of someone that, that self-reflects and looks at your life and says, what's the stuff that I just need to get rid of? What's the stuff that, that actually God's highlighting at the moment that actually I, I, I know it's just, it's just not stuff that, that, that when I come before him, he's, he's loving about me. And, uh, and I'm going to give time to work on that and to deal with that and to, uh, to work that through. Recently, I, I realized that I was exaggerating a lot. I, um, I found myself um, just, just last month in a few settings and, and just really simple things, really silly stuff. Um, someone had asked me a question and I just, just exaggerated on it. And I, I, I did it enough times where I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm noticing this is becoming a bit of a trend in me. That I'm just kind of, I don't know, just adding numbers to stuff and just kind of overemphasizing on stories and, uh, and things. And I thought, man, I'm developing a real habit of, of, of lying here. Um, I'm actually being quite dishonest in, in stuff that I'm saying to people. And uh, I could feel, as, as I did it a couple of times, just God just kind of questioning me and saying, why are you doing that, Wayne? And I, I thought, I don't know. I don't even know why I'm doing it. It just kind of naturally, it just kind of fell out of, uh, of my mouth. And, and I thought, I, I don't want that in my life. I don't want to be someone that, that's dishonest. I don't want to be someone that's lying um, in stuff that I'm saying. And I thought, this, has got, this is going to become a kind of character if I allow it to just kind of continue. So, so I, I identified it. I thought, this is something that I don't want in my life. Um, I actually shared it with someone else and said, look, I, I, I shared, shared it with a couple of people and just said, look, I'm, I'm just over-exaggerating on a number of things. Will you just keep me accountable on this? Like, will you just pray with me on this and stuff? Will you just keep me kind of in check with it? And, um, and I just thought, actually, I want to be someone that, that the people following me would see good stuff. And they would, they would see that actually I'm, I'm worth following. I've, I've got good stuff that I'm showing to them. Not that I'm perfect, not that I've got it all together, but that's what I'm pursuing within my life. I'd never ask a young person to do something or be something that I'm not trying to be myself. And I think that's really important that we as leaders would have integrity about us within, uh, to those that we're leading. Young people, they, they, they value integrity. They actually don't, they don't want us to be perfect. I think when we're real with them, that's, they, they really value that. And it, it helps us to connect with them. But, but what young people need is, is people that will say, yeah, I haven't got it all together. But when I see there's something I need to deal with, I deal with it. When I know that there's an area of my life that's not right, I'm going to get it right. I'm pursuing godliness. I'm pursuing good things. Are you worth following? If people follow you, will you take them to good places? If someone was to imitate you, would they, be imita- would they be getting good stuff? Or would there be stuff that actually they'd just be getting, they'd be picking up stuff and, and it'd be leading them down paths that they shouldn't be going down? Are you someone worth following? Secondly, I live with a calling to make disciples. So as a leader, my A to B 
is, is to take them from where they're at to then living um, as healthy disciples of Jesus. This is kind of something that would run through me as a leader. This is kind of, if, 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 I, if young people are following me, I want to know where I'm taking them and I want to know I'm taking them to a, to a good place. So I want, the, for me, the, just the obvious ultimate place that I want to take young people to is that they would become a disciple of Jesus, that I would take them to him. So it doesn't really matter when I kind of start working with a young person, but I'm always thinking with the young people I'm working with, okay, wherever, whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus, where are you at and how can you move forward in becoming a disciple of him? And uh, I would assess all of my youth work through that. So everything I'm doing with young people, whether it's discipleship one-to-one, whether it's group work, whether we're kind of sewing in some kind of something into the culture of our youth work, something that we're kind of teaching on or a series that we're teaching on, I'm looking at, I'm always kind of assessing it and saying, does it fit with where I'm wanting to take them to as a youth leader? It's actually, it would, it would be very much what I define as, that's our, that's our mission, that's our vision um, as a youth work in KCC, that we would make disciples, um, disciples that would, would love Jesus with, with everything. And um, so in everything I'm doing, I'm saying, does it match up um, to that? So that would be simple things. I'd break that down to saying, if a young person doesn't know how to read the Bible, then I'm going to take them from A, they don't know how to read the Bible, to B, that they, they're confident in engaging with Scripture and getting to know Scripture. They don't know how to pray well, okay, let's go on a journey of teaching you how to pray. If they um, want to kind of, um, if they're, they're not very, I don't know, if they're living in sin, that they would see breakthrough in that and they would be walking free in that. It's my A to B. I'm always wanting to say, okay, where are you at and where am I taking you to? Do you know your A to B? Do you know where you're taking the young people that you're leading? Do you know what your goal is for them? Do you have goals for your young people? Do you live as maybe within your team or as an individual saying, these are the young people I'm pastorally responsible for and this is where I'm trying to get them to and this is how I'm trying to get them there. I think it's really important that we would know what our A to B is, where, where we're wanting to take those that we're called to serve. Can you give clarity to your mission and your vision? Do you know what your A to B is? I wonder... Have we got, how are we doing time-wise? I think we're all right. Why don't you just turn to someone next to you and just kind of answer that question. Do you know, firstly, do you know your A to B? Do you, do you, do you live, um, do you have clarity to your vision um, or your mission with young people? And if you don't, how could you kind of develop that or get that with the young people that you're working with? Just take one minute just to kind of talk that through with someone next to you. Okay, let's pull it back. I'm not going to give you long. Okay, the fact that there's lots of conversation going on, then hopefully that says many of us do. I would encourage you to continue that conversation, whether that's with the person you've just started with or someone else on your team, of particularly within your team, of what you're, what is, where are you taking the young people that you're leading and uh, bringing more and more clarity to that. And how are you doing with that? Are you in line with that? Is that working? Kind of what are the specific stuff within that that you need to focus on in this next season? And then my third thing within this point is my leadership reflects me. So it's always relational. It's often pastoral, it uh, normally involves food, uh, it's quite creative, and it's usually quite active. It can also at times be simplistic, it can be reactive, and it can be a bit too controlled. Who I am and how I function has the biggest impact on who I lead. I want my youth to get the best bits of my leadership, so I want to become the best leader that I can be for them. It's important for me to know myself, to improve myself, and to be myself as a leader. 
I remember really realizing um, quite young that, that young people, they, they pick up on everything. Um, I remember thinking, oh, it's just what you say, kind of when you teach them, that's when you kind of, they learn. Whereas actually it's how you live around them when they learn the most, when they pick up the most. Young people notice everything. They notice what you do on, like, when in your social media kind of settings. They know, like, young people pick up on stuff that I do with my family. They'll say something to me, and I'm, I'm like, you, I didn't even realize you were there and seeing that. And they're like, oh, no, I saw how you were with your son. And, and actually that really kind of, it, it showed this to me and stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, like, you notice that stuff. And they, have you, I don't know if you've, you've noticed, like, when you just kind of worship around young people, and then you realize they pick up on your mannerisms, and they start doing stuff that, so I do this kind of catch-up thing in worship, where I kind of bang my, I'm like, come on God, come on God, and I've noticed that some of my young people start doing it and stuff, and I'm like, oh man, they just pick up on stuff, like, whether we like it or not, young people pick up um, uh, stuff that we do from how we are just kind of being, so it's important for us to to kind of look into that, and um, be aware of that. Even when I don't think they're engaged, they notice. They notice how I treat people, mannerisms I do. They learn from our life much more from what we teach. Do you know the positive and the negative parts of you that impact those that are following you? What's, what needs to grow and what needs to go? What needs to grow and what needs to go? Number four is leaders serve. And Jesus is our perfect example for this point. Um, And it's funny, isn't it, that we could give you loads of tips and we could talk about stuff, but ultimately it comes down to, are we leaders who are fixing our eyes on Jesus and following him? And one verse that I got given, actually, it was on my gap year program that would always stick with me is... um, It's from Matthew 6, verse 1. It says, Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the rewards from your Father in heaven. And this um, almost always comes to play on a Friday night. As I said, I um, help lead um, our Friday night event called Eden with um, Tom, my husband. And there's many times where you're just about to alarm the building and you're like, Oh man, did I check the toilets? And you're like, And you have this battle going on in your head. You're like, Part of me is just about to walk out the door and it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm really, really tired. And part of me knows I need to go and check the toilets because we probably have someone hiring the building tomorrow. So it was our last Friday night um, this year and I went... I went to the toilet and I was like, come on, God, please don't let there be mess in this toilet. And Wayne started a water fight with about 150 young people, which was great fun. Walked into the girls' toilets and they were really flooded. There was toilet paper everywhere. And I'm like, yay, I'm going to have to sit and clean these toilets. And so I did the girls' toilets and then called some people to help me. And I thought, oh, I need to check the boys. And I said to Tom, have you checked the boys' toilets? He's like, mm, nah, it'll be all right. So I was like, no, I think we need to go and check the boys' toilets. And they're probably like 10 times worse than the girls' toilets. So we're there like scrubbing the toilet floor and the boys' lose which these times are great um but it's that in those times when you're like what am I doing it's a Friday night it's nearly half 11 I just want to be in my bed um and you're just like what is what is this about but again it's in those times that we need to be those who are willing to serve to model what it is to serve to young people and Jesus modeled that in his leadership he came as a servant and served on earth And it's not glamorous. There's many times like those examples when you're cleaning the toilet at half 11. And I'm sure you've got many funny stories that are funny now, probably weren't at the time. Um, But it's in those times where you're like, I'm serving, I'm doing this for Jesus. And it's in those moments when who we are and our integrity comes into action, it comes into play. Are we going to be those who serve like Jesus did or are we doing it for our recognition? Are we doing it so people look at us? Are we doing it for those times when we do a talk or when we are on stage? Or are we doing it to serve these young people that we love and Jesus loves? I want to ask you a question, and don't hear me wrong. 
I think recognition, recognition is amazing and thanking people and encouraging people. And it, we need to be in our teams encouraging those when they do well. But if no one gave you recognition for the work that you do, would you still do it? It makes us check our hearts. Are we doing it because we want to be that leader that people look to and ask to do those talks and ask to come on stage and ask to do a big festival? Are we doing it so we're like, actually, I'm going to serve whether it is my whole of my youth leader just having one young person that I build with in my little town far away in the fields, am I still going to be a youth leader? Or would I think in my head, actually, I'd probably be a better youth leader and be more bothered if I was in a massive youth group in the middle of the city? Let's be youth leaders who commit to serving like Jesus served us. He is a perfect example of servant leadership. And that ultimately is one of the main principles I want you to go away with. Be leaders that serve with your whole heart. And trust me, your young people, if you are someone who serves, they will love serving as well. Get your young people involved on a Sunday. Get them serving in the local church. Get them doing the coffee rotors and the toilet rotors and whatever there is. Get them serving alongside you. And that will help them again see Jesus and catch that little glimpse more of that Jesus is the one that came to serve. Okay, so our next point is make disciples of Jesus, not yourself. Godly youth leadership points people to Jesus. They point people to him. We're called to make disciples of Jesus. It's the Great Commission, Matthew 28, not of ourselves. One of the biggest and best bits of advice that someone gave me when I first started doing youth work was, would they still follow him when you're no longer there? Would they still follow him when you're no longer there? And... uh, I didn't really understand it actually at first and then as I started doing youth work I realised young people they love to idolise people they love to look up to people and, and, and in some sense I've been saying that's a good thing that they look to good parts of you and you model stuff to them but actually are we making them dependent on him or are we making them dependent on us and it's so important that they're dependent on him because we're not their saviour see young people they, they at times can, can make us their god And uh, we're not their God. We are not their God. You do not want to put yourself in the place of trying to be God to someone else. We need to make sure that they know who the real living God is. That it's him. He's their saviour. He's the one they can trust. He's the one they can look to. He's the one that can meet their needs and can lead them through. So, yes, we want to support them. Yes, we want to walk with them. Yes, we want to stand with them. But we never want to replace the place of dependency that actually they would be dependent on him, not on us. So, how do we kind of do this um, is the question that I've kind of lived with and grappled with. Well, I think it's important that we spend time with them, that we invest in them, that we support them but we always are looking to point them to him, that we make him the focus and him the goal. Simple things, and this is something that we've just noticed in our youth work, is um, um, every time the young people kind of had a problem or had a question, as a youth team, we'd be really quick to kind of um, offer our advice. We'd be straight there to kind of say, well, this is what I would do, and and kind of this is what I think you should do and stuff. And then we kind of um, had a moment and um, as a team, and, and I just felt that actually were we really building them on a foundation of scripture that actually if they're going to be dependent on Jesus then then they don't they it's good for us to give advice but actually if we can root them on the word of God then we're laying a foundation in them that that actually when our 
advice whether it works or not is not there, that actually they know truth and truth will set them free. Truth will take them forward. So as a youth team, we've been really focusing on saying, okay, when a young person's got an issue or a problem or a challenge, what are the scriptures that we're bringing them to them? What are the stuff that we're feeding into them from the word of God that would kind of create dependency on God and help them to get to know him and know how to work through things um, through what he says rather than just us giving our opinions to them? Do your young people get your opinions or do they get scripture when they're struggling with stuff? Do you encourage young people to pray and spend time with Jesus? Is it part of kind of your discipleship of them? Is that, is that kind of in spending time with you or spending time in your youth work, are you, are you pointing them into places where they can connect with him, where they can meet with him, where they can spend time with him and learn and see how to kind of do that and pick up on that? Do you regularly talk about your relationship with God with an expectation that they would have a relationship with God? Do you overly crave attention from your young people or get jealous when they give attention to others? If you do, then I would question this, that kind of thing of, of maybe there's a bit of an overdependence on you rather than you pointing them to him. And maybe that's something that you just want to kind of say, actually, that, that just stood out to me. And I'd love someone just to pray through that with me and just kind of um, work that through with me. I know I've kind of battled with that at times just through the journey I've had with young people where, uh, like, I, I've kind of started feeding off of them and realizing, actually, it's not about me. It's about you, God, and keeping him central. If you were no longer there, would they continue to follow him? It's about him, not about you. And just the last thing I'd say on this is, is when Jesus is central, when Jesus is the focus, actually we can, we can rely on him and we can trust that he will give us what we need to do the role that we're doing. Sometimes youth work can be a bit overwhelming. You can think, man, how am I going to see this through? But if he's the focus, then actually we can know that, God, you'll give me everything I need for that that you've called me to. So I'm going to push into you for that. I'm going to trust you for that. I'm going to ask you to kind of um, bless me and anoint me for the season that I'm in and for the, 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 the stuff you've called, for, um, called me to in this season. So make sure that he is the focus never us. Number six is process disappointments. Um, So processing, the whole area of processing disappointment is really important in everyday life. But let's be honest, being a youth leader can be frustrating and it can be heartbreaking when you see those young people walk away from God. And when we work with um, young people this age, when they're very hormonal and emotional and life is literally a roller coaster for them, then it can be just get on top of us and just can you just be like, oh, God, what are you doing? And I'm sure you've had many of us here, there'll be loads of stories of God encountering young people and changing them. And you can think of those young people who've left your youth group and are at uni and serving in a local church where they are and just on fire for God. And there's probably the same number of stories where young people have just turned their back from him. They've been on fire for God and then suddenly they just disappear. It's really heartbreaking. And it's in those times where I certainly find myself, and many of you might be able to relate, where you start questioning. You're like, what did I do? If only I took them for one more coffee, maybe that would have helped. Or did I say the wrong thing? Were they offended? Was it me? And we immediately start blaming ourselves for the work that we're doing, or all these questions come into our head, and these doubts come into our heads. And even this week, I've had disappointment of... um, we had some young people from our Friday night project who were signed in to come to New Day and then they just dropped out. And I was like, what? 
Like we've literally the whole year got you to this point of giving your letter in and talking to your parents and you're really up for it. And then suddenly five of them drop out and are like, God, what are you doing? <laughs> like if they only could come here and experience you and sure that's what it's about, getting them to meet with you. And you just question. You're like, is it really working? Is our youth group really working? And there's a story of, um, I always remember this story of this girl who came to our Eden, so I keep talking about Eden, but that's kind of our way into the youth group, and she came in through Eden and start, um, gave her life to God at New Day, um, was in the youth group for about two years, and she was like on fire for God, so like it was crazy, you're like, oh my goodness, God has done amazing things in you. And um, she got to college and then she kind of gradually started to go off on the scene and you'd, um, there'd be like photos on Facebook with her guys with parties. Not saying that stuff is wrong. But, and I was just like, oh, this is a bit weird. She hasn't been come to church. She kind of misses two youth groups and where's she gone? And then suddenly she just went off the scene. She wasn't replying to my messages on Facebook. She wasn't replying to my texts. And we were quite close and we hung out quite a lot. And I was like, this is really weird. And then... It got to the point where I was like, right, I just texted her and I was like, look, I'm here for you. If you ever need me, um, you know where I am. And um, then I didn't see her for a while. And then I suddenly got this text um, probably a year later. And she said, oh, can I come to youth tonight? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, come along. And um, she had loads and loads of questions, and um, as young people do. And she came back to youth, and um, I wasn't sure where she was at. And she um, said to me, um, like a week later, she said, oh, youth was really good last week, but something happened to me this week. And I said, oh, what's that? And she said, well, I was, I was nearly in a car accident um, and I literally felt God with me. What's that about? So I was able to share with her like, what, uh, that God was still with her. He still loved her. It doesn't matter what she'd done. And um, she came, started coming back to youth for about a month or so. And then she went again. <laughs> I was like, I'm so confused right now. What well, God, what are you doing? And she still, she isn't back at youth. She kind of sometimes comes and sees me and stuff. And we still got a good relationship. But I was, I, like, I was so confused. I was like, God, are you, like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's in those moments and in those stories where we have to process stuff with God. But it's also in that moment that we need to know the sovereignty of God. That actually, on the surface, we're like, she's not coming to you, she's not coming to church, she must not be anywhere of God. But actually, God knows what he's doing. It's him that is building the church. It's him that is building our youth groups. It's him that is working in these young people. And God does everything for the good of those who love him, it says in scripture. And even in those times we had those stories of like heartbreak and like, God, what are you doing? Was it me? Actually, we need to give those to God. And one of the best ways that I found we can do this is to come with thankfulness to our father. Actually, in those times of heartbreak and disappointment, we can like look at your youth group and thank God for what he's doing. Try not to concentrate on those, those people that are frustrating and have left the youth group. Yes, pray for them. God is still working in their lives. I still believe that girl that God is going to do amazing things in our life. And she will come back to him and there will be a, a day of revelation for her. But pray for those that are walking away from God. Pray for those that even may, maybe like it was a couple of years ago and you're like, even now you think of that young person. Pray for them. Give them over to God. And sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes we have to say, God, I know what you're doing. I'm going to give you that young person and leave it kind of the ball in their court for them to text you and just say to them, I know I'm there for you and leave it at like that. And in our, in our youth group, we, um, 
we kind of had the, I don't know what it is, but some, it's not like a, every, young, every girl that hits year 11 and goes to college goes away from God. But there's a lot of girls that they'll, but in year 11, they'll run hard for God. And then in college, they'll just, again, have that process of gradually kind of going away from him. Don't know what it is, but it really, really annoys me. And I don't know what to do about it, apart from pray for God. But um, we were praying um, as a team and um, just kind of, we're having a few pastoral stuff going on. And um, again, we were just, there was a few things that were going on in our youth group and it was just kind of getting us a bit down and questioning stuff and and just thinking like God wasn't there and God like obviously he is still there but you know the devil gets in there and puts lies in our heads and um God just reminds me that I and it's something that has really really stuck with me over the last couple of weeks is that God does stuff that we can't see and he does stuff in young people that we won't ever see or they won't ever tell us and it's the same for us as leaders and us as Christians and those that love God, that he does stuff in us that we won't even know till probably a year down the line. You're like, oh, that's, God, that's what you were teaching me in that season. And it's the same for these young people that we serve, that God is doing stuff in your youth group. And I really want to encourage you, if you are like, just facing a rough time with young people, and even this week, people don't want to engage, and they just, just feel like you're spending the whole time putting out fires and running after young people, so come to the meeting. Like God is doing stuff in them and it might not be the kind of the way that we want it to be, but trust God in these times. Trust him. He is the one that is sovereign. And like I said, he's the one that is working things out for his good. And he's the one that will build your, build your youth group and your church. And we can do 101 things. We can come up with the most amazing ideas. We can come up with the most amazing jam-packed program. We can come up with, have loads of contact hours with the young people. But at the end of the day, it does come down to it. it's their relationship with God. Like Wayne was saying, we don't want to make disciples of us. We want to make disciples of Jesus. And yes, we're there to help him. He has given us the privilege of being youth leaders and working with every young person that you have. But let's in the times when it is hard, when it is heartbreaking and disappointment, let's thank God for what he is doing and say to God, I give you those young people that are, like, are not walking with you or doesn't se- don't seem to be walking with you. And thank you, God, that you are working things out. And thank you, God, that you are doing stuff that I will not see. And trust in him. If you are in that situation, and you probably will be, unfortunately, let's pray that by God's mercy and grace that we don't. But young people are young people. And God, let's just trust God in those times that he is doing stuff that we will not see. Okay, my last point is um, that uh, lead in strong team. Team is really important. Um, uh, leading with and alongside others uh, is so much stronger than just leading on your own. Team enables more to be done, weaknesses and blind spots to be covered, burdens to be shared and carried, encouragement to be given. The whole thing of iron sharpening iron takes place in team. And community gets modelled to young people. You actually, in the team that you're, you're working with, sets the culture normally of, of then kind of how that then kind of works out um, within, within the youth group. At KCC, we uh, invest a lot in team. We regularly meet together. We share meals. We pray with one another often. We keep each other accountable in stuff. Uh, we support one another. We generally hang out. We just try and do life together as, as much as, as, as we can. We, um, we have different levels of team within the different projects that we run um, at KCC. So in our setting, we, we have about 40 um, youth leaders that um, kind of regularly are serving uh, young people in our context. But each one of them brings something very different to, uh, to the young people that, that we're working with. No one's the same. And uh, if every member of the team is released to be them, then the young people get so much more blessed. The young people um, uh, just get invested in, um, in the best possible way that they, they can be. 
because we have a, a, a kind of big team and a large team, um, we're then able to impact more, more young people numeric, numerically, um, but we can also go deeper with the ones that we have spiritually. And uh, so we're always trying to look for how, how do we best support team and how do we best release um, a team within our context. Now, some of you might be in very kind of small teams. There might just be two or three of you. But you can still invest in that team. You can model something in that team. You can, you can be the best team that you can be for your young people. Jesus, he established a team. He, um, he established a team that went on to change the world. Um, they were all very different in nature. But working together, they made a massive impact. I love the fact that, that I work alongside Ali. Me and Ali are so different. At times, we completely wind each other up. I do her head in all the time and stuff. She says that kind of she just leads through, through loving God. She actually leads in many different ways, through many different kind of gifts that she has and stuff. We've had to work out. We've been working each, with each other for about two years now. We've had to work out how we're different, how we kind of come at things and how we support each other and, and how we can kind of be the best team that we can be in uh, leading the young people that we are. But because we've invested in that, I know that our young people get more blessed. And uh, there's times when I know Ali, Ali's for, I just, I'd be better off if I just kind of went and did something different and just ditched Wayne. Um, but I'm so glad that she hasn't because actually our youth work is so much stronger because we are both bringing who we are to, um, to the setting that we're in. There'll be people on your team that will rub you up the wrong way. There'll be people you'll clash with. There'll be people that will do your head in at times, but kind of commit to working through those things so that you can kind of really serve well together and uh, be a good team together. So my question is, if you're a team leader here, are you valuing your team? Are you building strong community with them? Are you modeling a healthy culture to your young people through your team? Do you release those that you're called to lead? And if you're just a member of a team here, do you strengthen it? If, um, uh, are you being a team player? Do you add or do you take away? What could you do to be more of a blessing to the team that you're part of? Okay, the last one, I want to do this quickly because we want to give some time to, I think, pray for you guys, which would be good. Um, so the final principle or point is enjoy it. Um, so serving Jesus is exciting. And yeah, we have touched on a few things that I don't want you guys to leave like, oh my goodness, being a youth leader is so frustrating. And uh, um, It's exciting that we get to serve and see young people enter into the kingdom of God and be changed by him and go on to be world changers. And that's not a cheesy thing. That can be true for many young people that are here, even at New Day, and for those in your youth group. Let's be a youth leader that love doing what we do and that rubs on to our young people that actually living as a Christian is exciting. Ask God daily to fill you with his Holy Spirit and his love for the young people that are in your path. It really is a privilege, and we need to remember that in the hard times and the good times when it is difficult. And one of the ways... And that we can do this is by making memories. And Wayne is really good at this. And this is why I'm really glad that he's a youth worker at our church. So as he said, we are quite different. And I love being crazy. But Wayne has this brain that just comes up with these crazy, crazy ideas. So if you haven't got a member on your team that is a bit crazy, like Wayne, then get that person on your team. So just a few examples. So I think it was like the first year he came into um, the youth leader. And he sits like behind me in the office. And he's like, Ali, I've got an idea. And I'm just like, oh my goodness what he's going to say. It's like, right, for the summer party, we're going to build a swimming pool. 
And I was like, sorry? It's like, we're going to build a swimming pool. <laughs> I was like, okay, have fun. You might be able to do that. But yeah, I, was, I would laugh at you when it fell was basically what I said, I think. And um, he basically got loads of the wooden pallets and a tarpaulin. And I, I think, I, I don't know where I was, but I came back and there's just this massive swimming pool in the field. And I was like, flip, that's incredible. So Wayne comes up with these crazy ideas. And there's been times where um, on a Tuesday where we have our church kind of youth group and um I can't every other one and on the ones that I'm there he seems to do like crazy things so I'm a bit like control freak the young people are going to die health and safety come on Wayne and um and my it makes it worse that my dad's the health and safety officer for our church so I kind of get the stick for it Wayne's like it's fine Ali and there was one my favorite one of the young girls came to me was like guess what we did on Tuesday and I'm like oh no and she was like Wayne got like a tug of war rope and lobbed over the balcony so it was really high balcony and made us abseil down the tug of war rope (laughs) I was like, right, did you have any safety things on the floor? They're like, no, we just had to like hold our weight and be careful not to go down. And there was two guys on our youth team that were quite musty that were, I think Josh was one of them. And you literally stand, they were stood under there and told if they fall, they need to catch the young person. (laughs) I was like, oh, right. But these memories are young people love, like they absolutely love it. And yes, there is an element of be safe and have someone on your team like me who's like, that's a great idea, Wayne, but let's see that how we can do this a bit more safely than it's probably going on in your head. But make memories with your young people. It's so important. Like even this week, I think Beck touched on it yesterday, that do crazy stuff for young people. They will remember it. They'll love it. They'll absolutely love it because they are crazy in themselves. They've got a lot of energy that they want to release. And you can do that by doing crazy games with them. And they'll remember that there's some stuff in my youth group that I have or still will remember of crazy stuff that we've done and the memories that we've built with our youth leaders. And get on their level. Like, just have fun with them. Get involved with them. Don't do a game and be like, and watch, you, watch them do it. Like, get involved as youth leaders and they will absolutely love it. And Jesus came to give us life to the full. So let's be excited about what we have been given, what our calling is, where he's put us, whether it's in a place that you're covering someone for a month or a week or where you've been doing it for 10 years, it's being a youth leader for 10 years. Let's do it with excitement. There really is hope, enjoyment and fulfillment in everything that Jesus gives to us. He has everything that we need. Whether that for you is just taking a step of saying hello to a young person in the street or doing outreach with young people or leading a big youth group, whatever that means for you, you will know what that means to enjoy your job, to enjoy the role that God has given you. And I just want to say as we finish that let's do it all fueled by the love of Jesus in our lives. Let's do it being those that are fueled by what Jesus gives to us, not of our own strength, by the strength that, but by the strength that Jesus gives to us. And Jesus really does applaud every single one of you. I've only been doing youth leading for about six years, and I'm sure there's many of you, like Wayne's done it for 18 years, that you have probably much more experience. But I just want to say that Jesus just applauds every one of you for being a youth leader. It is tough, it is frustrating, but it is a whole bunch of fun. And in this world where, as Wayne started with those scary, scary statistics of young people, we have the privilege of intervening by God's grace and seeing young people transformed and not going down those paths. He loves what you're doing in your church. He loves you. He loves everything that you put your hand to in the quiet place where no one sees or where you, people do see you doing that talk or worship, even whatever that is. Keep going. Keep pressing on towards him. And remember that it is Jesus who is in charge of a youth group, not you and your team. Don't put pressure on yourself. As Beck said at the beginning, just li- don't let pressure control what you do or rule what you do as a youth leader. Be who you are in God. 
he will give you everything you need to just trust in him. Wow, thank you so much, guys. Can we just um, thank Ali and Wayne?